Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Hi, welcome to our podcast. Alex, got a question for you. Might surprise you. Did you ever go to your high school reunion? No. Why would I do something so foolish? <laughs> okay. It, let's let's just say for the sake of argument, you had a high school reunion this weekend coming up. Uh, what would you be thinking? What would you be feeling? What would you be as you picture the people that you're going to encounter in your mind? What What kind of experience would you anticipate? I could potentially get duped into the world of comparison and wanting to put my best foot forward and bring my highlight reel as best as possible. Yeah. And I would imagine that most people try to do that or they don't show up at all. There's probably people who do have some amazing highlights to share and say, wow, look at me. But then there's probably people who show up and say, I'm going to have to fudge the numbers a little bit and falsify the resume. And people will be, hopefully they buy it. Right. And and if you heard your high school reunion was going to have a special guest and that God was going to be there, how would that change your expectations or preparations for that? Well, then nobody else matters. Not a single person matters. And their opinions of me, I couldn't care less. Yeah. Do you think... If most people heard God was going to be at their high school reunion, they would be more or less excited to go to that reunion? Probably a split on that one. There'd be some people who'd be like, and other people who would be thrilled and say, in the flesh, are you kidding me? Yes. Say less. I'm there. Yeah. When you came in the studio today, we kind of were dancing around that topic of, boy, if you were going to go meet with God, if you had a an event, if you were going to have a meeting, a, a camp experience or a church service or somewhere where you were pretty sure that you were going to have a God encounter, how would you prepare for that? How would you want to get ready for something like that? I would want to remind myself that I'm not the one running the show and that this is God's camp, this is God's reunion, and I'm lucky to be a part of it. I think right-sizing myself in the grand scheme of things, also trying to bring his heart through my heart would be important. Being of service, being loving, being understanding, We have a men's retreat coming up, and I am so excited for it. But what you and I talked about this morning before this recording was how do we approach a retreat? How do we approach a Bible study with other people? How do we approach our relationship with God no matter where we are? But this is really... um, related to this impending man camp 
which so many of us are really excited about, but we want to get the most out of it. We want to have the deepest connection with God, with each other, and let him set the tone. But everybody goes in with their own expectations, their own ideas of what it could be, should be, will be, you name it. So, yeah. If someone was surprised and you started talking about expecting to meet with God and they were like, oh, that's right. He may be up there. He may be wanting, trying to communicate with me. Um, if there's not an expectation of actually, or anticipation of meeting with God, even though you're going to go into a, a place where a lot of people are expecting that, what should that person be asking themselves? What If they were going to be curious about that, huh, I wonder why I'm not expecting to meet with God. I was expecting to throw a football around. I'm expecting to connect with some other people and eat some good food and see a beautiful sunset. Oh yeah. Okay. God's going to be there too. I forgot. What should that person maybe be thinking about or asking themselves? Why does God want me at this man camp? Might be one of those questions. Because a lot of being part of a group is not for us at all. It's not for us on any given day. It's for other people. And I think opening oneself up to that possibility that man camp's not about me at all. It's, and I might not know with whom I'm supposed to connect, with whom I'm required to encourage or invited to encourage, rather. My first man camp, as some of the listeners know, was an interesting experience because I had no idea what to expect. And it wasn't fun for me, like in a worldly sense, but it was so powerful. It was so meaningful. So whether somebody has the idea that they're looking forward to having a God encounter or whether they're just showing up, I think both of those people are great for just showing up and allowing themselves the potential for God moments. Because by saying yes to a Bible study, saying yes to a men's retreat, a women's retreat, a couple's retreat, whether you know it or not, you're inviting the possibility of a God encounter with him directly through another person through the stillness that you might experience, through a sermon, a devotional. There's so many opportunities. Through a journaling session, there's all these possibilities. And it's all above our pay grade. And so sometimes the best thing we can do is just put ourselves in a position, whether we know what our expectations are or should be in the first place, showing up is a beautiful thing in and of itself. Is it not? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. When I love what you're doing, you're talking about the preparation side of a mindset towards being expectant. You're expecting, you're anticipating. I can see it. This is palpable excitement that you have because you expect God to be there and be doing something cool and powerful that you may either experience or he may use you to 
impact someone else in another way. That is so fun. What percentage of the people do you think that go to church on a Sunday or a small group or a beach walk or anything have that expectation? Hopefully more always on the upward trend. And it's not always a deliberate thought. You know, sometimes I haul myself out of bed and I say, oh, I got to get to men's group. And God takes care of the why. And it's not necessarily a well-orchestrated process that I feel like I've got a sturdy hand in. Sometimes it's important to just say, God, you take care of the why. You take care of the what. You take care of the how. You take care of the who. Let me just show up and let you work in me, through me, with me, for others, for your plan, for your glory. And let's just be open to possibilities, to potential. I mean, you are very intentional about setting your expectations. Although they're broad, they're semi-narrow as well. And I know that's kind of oxymoronic, but I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, you say, I'm excited to encounter the living God and see how he's working. Is that a thought that you have when you step into just about any group? Yes, it, it is. But in full self-disclosure, I think your excitement for uh, what we actually get to both participate in this weekend exceeded mine. And that's why I was partly curious because there was a an excitement. You're like, man, I can't wait. This is going to be great. And I, on the other hand, as the recipient of your excitement, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Why is he more excited than I am about this? And so now I get to have this wonderful internal dialogue and try to figure out why he's excited. No, God's going to be there and do something cool. Is it, is it partly because he's here also and he's going to be up there also? And it's not a high school reunion where I haven't seen someone in 50 years, 30 years, 20 years, five years, two years, whatever it is, however long you've been out of high school. But He's in the house. But again, I'm still kind of in that that bandwidth. Part of the reason why I want to ask that question, I want to have the same excitement that you have for, isn't it awesome? We're going up to bed and God's going to be there and do something awesome. That's beautiful. I love that anticipation. And I part of me wonders if the ex- anticipation and expectation is connected to past God encounters, whether it be at a church or a camp or something else. If if, if we're expecting God to do something similar, and if, if I've been to other camps before and my goal was just to kind of survive or fly under the radar or just pat some people on the head and say, hey, nice job, if that could be contributing to part of the reason why I might not be as excited. And let me let me be clear. I'm, I'm excited. I'm just not as excited as you are, which is really cool. And some people are like, ah, pumped. And again, I'm just trying to create some space to think about it and try to celebrate the good and also try to learn from what I can learn. I love being infectious in my enthusiasm. 
I've been sending texts and getting people excited. Now, where we need to be careful is to not think that our excitement and our anticipatory emotions towards man camp is going to translate one-to-one into a happy, perfect experience. Yes. Because that well said. might not be what God has planned for me, for anybody else. The goal is not necessarily fun. The goal is connection. The goal is authenticity. The goal is meaning. The goal is having, bringing 100% of ourselves as best as we can. Oh, if we could bring 100% of ourselves to man camp, wouldn't that be a show and a half? You know, John Wooden, the basketball coach, he used to say, I hate the phrase, bring 110%. He said if a team consistently brought 80 or 90%, they'd never lose a game. So if we could aim for bringing 90% of ourselves open and willing to hear from God, that sets our team, our church, up for an experience. And it doesn't have to be, quote unquote, fun. You know, I would love it. If at some point in my life, I get the opportunity to pay forward the gift that you gave me at man camp, which is you noticed that I was having kind of a weird time. I was kind of isolated and you just listened to me. That was like one of the craziest God moments I've ever had. And I don't think you went into that man camp saying, I'm going to find somebody who's like a little bit lost and I'm going to listen to him, but you just moved into the space. It was amazing. If I ever get that opportunity or the opportunity presents itself, I'll know what to do in that situation and just say, let me be a sounding board for somebody. Maybe that's my role at man camp is to be a sounding board and say, talk to me, walk me through what you're seeing, hearing, feeling from God or the voices that are being unkind to you right now, your voice is drowning out God's voice that's getting in the way of you experiencing what God really wants for you in this time, in this space, in this moment with these people, right? I I love what you're saying. You're in such a great (laughs) lane. so fun. And let's just say, regardless of whether someone's going to a camp or just working in their workaday life, if they're sitting there thinking to themselves, Yes, I would like to bring a larger percentage of myself to God. What does that look like? What? How can I bring more of my heart, my mind, my attention, my affections, my admiration? How can I? How can we bring more of ourselves to God? I feel like this is your ballpark where you are particularly skilled, not only at doing that for yourself, but helping encourage others. So I want to, well, I want to punt on first down and (laughs) kick it straight back to you because I get the sense that you're. Okay. We must be in overtime because I'm going to punt it back and say, what helped you this morning bring more of yourself? Because 
you showed up to the studio today with more of your God-connected self than I've seen in a while. It's great. I mean, I see, I see an increasingly uh, greater and greater amount, more, you said earlier, uh, which is great. But you did some things this morning, some simple things that allowed you to bring more of yourself into God's presence. Well, I always walk my dog in the morning, but this morning I was being very intentional about taking really deep breaths and reminding myself to never stop being amazed by God's goodness and this and the beauty of the world around me and the people around me, even though I was just walking solo with my dog. And that's the beauty of going off into the wilderness for for man camp. Um, yeah. And one of the things you shared this morning that I can so relate to is you said you were just taking deep breaths and just essentially kind of just trying to breathe in God in the moments of gratitude. You're just a deep breath or a couple of deep breaths just created space in your body and your heart and your soul and your mind for him to get more of you. And I think that's really cool. You asked a great question before we started recording as it relates to bringing 100% of yourself to God, to man camp, to a Bible study. And you injected the word want, which I think was really, really important. Would you ask that question in the way that you asked it, if you can remember it in its entirety? Well, I loved in your enthusiasm. You were like, uh, I'm going to bring 100% of myself to God and bring 100. Yeah, how can I bring 100% of myself to man camp? Yes, exactly. Um, which I think is, again, celebrate the good that is so admirable. I don't know if most people have that desire. I want to bring all of myself to camp and to God. To- well, I don't even know if I have that desire. It's a really nice thing to say. It is. But it's also something that, is like, whoa, that's a that's yes. a big ask. Yes. And I just inserted the how can we want to bring a hundred percent of ourself to God? Because that want does clarify it just a little bit. A.W. Tozer wrote, uh, I think it was Knowledge of the Holy. He said, God, I, I want to want you more. And that is often the starting place. It's go on the monopoly board. It's it's I want to want you more. Help me want to want you more. It's that journey of desire. Because if it doesn't start with a journey of desire, then it's going to be a journey of just rote functionality or going through the motions. There won't be expectation. There won't be excitement for a God encounter. That reminds me of something that one of our uh, young guys, younger guys in uh, our Friday morning Bible study said is, how can we have greater desire in our heart than thoughts in our imagination because our imagination can draw us into all these weird places but what if the desire of our hearts eclipsed our imagination because our imagination is so limited when you compare it to God's imagination for us and his story for us and so what if we just focused on our desire and our want for God and let it, let him fill in the rest? Yes. 
Oh, that's very good. And this is um, this is so fun just to talk about an expectation. I can't help but think about Moses and his encounter with God in the Old Testament, because God, burning bush, here he is. There's a God encounter, and the first thing he says is, "Moses, take off your sandals. You're standing on hallowed ground. You're standing on on holy ground." Like Moses taking off his sandals, do you think there's things that we actually need to do in preparation for meeting with God? Yes. I think God can meet us sometimes even when we're not expecting him. Certainly that happens often. I wish it would happen more often for all of us. But to get into scripture, to pray, to to start prayer with gratitude, I think really leads to a beautiful space. Starting a prayer with, God, I need you too. God, I want you too. It seems like putting the cart before the proverbial horse a little bit. I've been finding that, I don't know, the rhythm of my prayer life, if I'm painting it with gratitude in the beginning, has made for a much cooler God relationship. Hmm. And one that makes more sense. Pivoting from genie God to, hey, this is relationship God. This is father. This is friend. This is king. This yes. is God, my, you know, oh, captain, my captain. Goodness gracious. I don't know. what What's your preparation stance or is it an openness? Is it a willingness? Is it a mindset or is it an act of doing? Is it a little bit of both? Is there something else that I might be missing? That's a really good question. And I don't know if I can really answer that. What I just wrote down that I want to create space for us to explore is what's the best question for us to be asking before we encounter God? whether it's a camp or a church service or just my personal devotions, what's the best question for us to ask before we encounter God? What a diesel question that is. Powerful. Beautiful. I don't know, is there one right answer that you're pointing to or? I'm not fishing. I'm creating space for us both to try to figure this out because um, I do a lot of relational coaching of pastors, ministry leaders, different things, sometimes couples. And I see time and time again where most of the questions that we ask are either not good questions or good questions that could be made better. And I'm trying to just create space to say, what is and maybe if we just start somewhere, we can start whittling away at what might be good and beautiful and what might be not good and beautiful till we get to a question, at least for the time being, that we're like, oh, there's something beautiful there. 
What is the best question we can be asking in preparation to meet with God? I could go quiet and noodle on this for like a year and a half <laughs> and just journal on this because there's, there's different lanes that are open. What about you do I need to hold on to that will paint the rest of my experience with you in the way that will allow me to notice you best? Can you say that again? Because <laughs> that was good. <laughs> what about you do I need to remember the very most to notice the message that you want to send to me the most clearly, through me the most clearly. I know I'm now on another script, but that's one of those Holy Spirit moments where it's like, oh, I blacked out. Just hit the replay. <laughs> yeah. I like that because it starts with God and his character and our understanding experience of him. And it starts, I use the word remembering. Mm -hmm. And that's so good. Listen, I was reading this Psalm, Psalm 119 the other day, and it was, I love your precepts. I love your statutes. I love your commandments. And I'm thinking, I, wow, cool. All right. I, I don't, uh, again, self-disclosure. I don't, I don't love the law as the author of Psalm 119 did. And that bothered me a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to lean into this. I want to do some research. I want to find out why, why did he love his precepts, his statutes, his commandments and his law. And, as I did some research, I encountered um, some theologians that said something very interesting. They said, you know, we, we generally have a misunderstanding about the law because we think the law is something that we need to do in order to get to God. It's that performance. All right, I have to do this, follow this, know this, memorize this in order to have God. But that wasn't the Old Testament understanding of, of the law. Exodus chapter 20 as God is speaking to Moses about ready to impart the Ten Commandments, what he does is he reminds them who he is and that he's a God of grace. He starts with compassion and grace. I am the God who has delivered you from Egypt. I'm the God who's compassionate. I'm the God who's gracious. And if you understand who I am and the grace and compassion that I've had upon you, this is how you will live. You will have no other gods before me. You will not hold my name in vain. And all of those commandments are built on this foundation of who God is, his grace and his compassion. If you start with the law, you're going to get a different picture of God than if you start with God yes. and then read the law. Yes. And that's what I heard you just share. Let's start with God. Let's start with remembering the character of God. He is love. He is good. He is compassionate. This is who he is. He is trustworthy. He is accepting. The phrase that came into my mind in my morning devotions this morning is rest in his presence. Rest in his presence. And it was just, and so then automatically the question comes into my mind, why would I rest in his presence? Oh, man. Because he will always listen to me and he will care about my words and he, he will always tell me the truth. You shared in a podcast or last podcast, 
there's nothing you can do to shake God's love loose from you. Mm-hmm. How can I rest in his presence? People are going to fail us. People are going to betray us. People are going to disappoint us. God never will. How can I rest in his presence? He's the only one who will always be there for me and always be there in me and always be there with me. What a gift that would be if that was just somebody's man camp experience is just to rest. Rest in his presence. Wouldn't that be like the greatest man camp ever? If you let your shoulders you drop. Really? If you really rested capital R. Yes. Like how often are we resting lowercase r? We're watching TV, we're scrolling on our phones, but like a capital R God rest. Yes. If that's the experience of a prayer that you're having, being in a Bible study, going on a retreat, spending time with your spouse and experiencing God. How incredible and rejuvenating and uplifting would that actually feel? And how much do we need to separate worldly rest from God rest? Yes. Beautifully said. So beautiful. It reminds me of Psalm 4610. Um, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Stop. Stop your striving. Stop your scrolling. Stop your squirreling around. And know that Hebrew word, as we've talked about in past episodes, is yada, to know experientially, relationally, and know that I'm God. Don't just know that I'm God. Oh, yeah, I can answer the right questions on a God test. I, I know God conceptually, but do we know him experientially? Do we know personally that he's trustworthy? Do we know personally that he listens to us and cares about our words? Do we know, as the psalmist said, that he collects every one of our tears in a jar because he cares about our emotions that much? How good does that feel? My goodness. It's it's a soul rest that I don't know if a lot of people have experienced (laughs) We can walk with God conceptually, but until we walk with him and encounter this love (laughs) that can fill our soul, now we can be at peace and have our hearts settled in the most dire circumstances and the biggest challenges. As you're driving up to a man camp and have a flat tire, you can say, hmm, I'm going to take a deep breath and say I'm going to rest in his presence. And maybe God has an encounter for us to share his love with the tow truck driver. I don't know, but I'm going to have my eyes open. Mm. He's got a different story than I anticipated. Well, it's so powerful to notice these moments as they're happening, the God moments. But sometimes those God moments show up in the rear view mirror, right? Where your man camp, your Bible study, your prayer life, your relationships with friends, with you know, your wife, your husband, whoever's listening to this, you might not see it until it's in the rear view mirror. And that's, that's why I was saying this morning, how important it is for a retreat or for anything is crack out the God journal, crack out the, the prayer journal. So we can look back we can look back and have that God souvenir from that time. 
even if it feels like he's not showing up or I'm not noticing him enough because that would be upsetting to go to a man camp and feel like, oh gosh, I didn't feel God. I didn't feel connected with God. But then three months, six months, a year, two years, three years down the line, you look back at that journal and you say, gosh, was that a pivot point that I didn't notice in the moment, but goodness gracious, was that impactful and powerful? Sure. Hey, maybe this is too uh, on spot for a podcast, but I'm just going to go with it. Okay. Yeah. Fire away. God comes to you and says, Hey, Alex, we're going to, we're going to meet this weekend. Take off your sandals. What do you, what do you think he wants you to put off? Really good question. He wants me to put off probably intellectualizing love Mm. or verbally cartwheeling out of a deep experience and explaining it away either with humor or trying to take it to the utterly profound and poetic. Yeah. I think he wants me to shut up a little bit. I, I had that thought the other day is what if I had a silent man camp? And I don't know if I could do that. That'd be tricky for me, but that might be taken off the sandals is talk less, listen more. To all things, listen to my voice, listen to other people more. That would be my metaphorical sandal removal that I could point to. And maybe I'm not all the way there yet. That might be one that I would examine after this and try to get into in a little bit greater depth, because that's an incredible question is what are the sandals or the parts of me that aren't really me that are maybe getting in the way of me connecting all the way. So for you, what is that? What are your sandals that you need to put, leave at the door? Well, again, it's it's a good question, isn't it? (laughs) And sometimes we need to be aware of all of our thoughts because sometimes God brings the first thing to mind what we need to take off or put off on our on our sandals. That may not be the the best thing or the only thing, but it's something that we need to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. And as we work our way down, we can see sometimes, and which is what your thought map probably did. You probably started with something very specific <laughs> and then worked its way to a generalization of saying it's because of this love, the lack of actually being willing to receive his love that might be causing some of that other squirreliness, which is good. And I'm not trying to just, you know, get the attention focused back on you because what came to my mind on my thought map was probably fear. I need to cast off some fear. Fear of what? uh, We've talked on so many podcasts about the main fear of my heart and my life is if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. And apparently I haven't 
spent enough experiential time with God to undo all the fibers of that fear. Because if God really knows me and he really loves me, and apparently I haven't sat in that long enough then to not care about other people really knowing me and not loving me, because that's still, for some reason, important. Easier said than done, I, I think. I mean, that's awesome, though. Let's uh, let's take a time out and celebrate you getting into that and identifying that and saying, I always find it so encouraging when I hear you who are so much farther up the mountain or down the path, however you want to describe it. Up the creek. That, yeah, <laughs> than, than many of us. And you're still inviting God into the transformative process. That's so incredible. And I think, you know, one thing we've been really enjoying is how we get that from some of the younger guys in in our groups where they're showing us things in such an authentic way. They're very open, but I think it's just as important for guys who have been on the walk to say, this is a part of me that God's been working on. And it's a process. Yes, It's a process and it's happening too. It might not be happening as quickly as I want it to, but there's, there's things to be gleaned from everyone, but I always find it so amazing that you as the leader that I know you to be, have that ability to be so honest about this is something that I'm still working on and not, I'm not working on it alone. I'm inviting God into this space to work on me as a collaborative effort. I find that mm-hmm. just like su- super, super encouraging. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, boy, this has been fun. How do we prepare to meet with God, right? It starts with a high school reunion and God being a high school reunion. I, I don't know if I would really enjoy a high school reunion and the people. and the, you, When you think of faces and you think of people, you think of stories, right? And you think of history. And how beautiful would it be if we all had that experience that you had? To, you know, shooting from the hip. Quickly, you're like, ah, I would love that. I would change everything if God is there and no one else would matter. I would know he loves me and he's going to look from across the room when he sees me, he's going to wave and wave me over and he's going to hold me and embrace me with that 10 second hug that we talked about in past episodes that is going to be so soul nourishing. Ah, the God encounter. I'm thankful that we have a God that is relational, that does want to be with us, that wants to touch us, to heal our soul wounds to fill our soul needs and to say, I'm not just here to heal you and to fill you. I'm here to walk with you and be with you. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. Maybe this has encouraged your heart and soul to lean into God just a little bit better, or maybe even just want to want him a little bit more. But we thank you for listening to us. We want to thank again, the awesome people at Go Ministry International. They've supported this, and they support so many endeavors. Uh, We're so appreciative for their hearts for God and wanting to make God known and glorified around the world. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great day. And if 
anything uh, in this really landed with you, go ahead, send it to somebody else. If you want to start a God conversation, whether you're heading to a Bible study, whether you're heading to a retreat, whether you're just starting your walk with God or whether you've been walking with him for a while, we need more conversations with other believers that help us get closer to God. And if you think that this would help you or somebody else get closer to God, uh, the greatest compliment that you could ever give us is passing this along and uh, letting his name and his love be known.